Hello and welcome back to the A3 Footy Podcast. My name is Alex Catalano. This week, once again, Alex Miller. We're cutting straight into the round because unfortunately, uh, someone slipped in, not naming names, not looking around anywhere, but uh, one of us. No, we shouldn't name names. It's just someone with a of doing it. So we'll uh, <laughs> move on. But look, I'm very excited for today's episode. And geez, what a strange game it was last night. Oh, Alex Doherty, we'll open up and have a bit of a look at the Cats in terms of this week compared to last week. Because it was almost a very, very different team that showed up on Thursday night at the Gabba. Yeah, it was um, a very a very interesting uh, Geelong team on uh, Thursday night. I wish they turned up like that last Friday night, but um, <laughs> you can't always get what you want, Mr. Catalano. But it's no. um, I, I'd say, but I think just quickly going back to last Friday night, I think it was probably as much as I hate seeing Geelong win against us. I think it was actually one of the one of the, of the games of the year. If not, I think it is game of the year, surely. I think it is just not even in terms of the skill level, but in terms of the, mm. uh, the physical pressure, the intensity of the contest, um, the, the lead went back and forth all night long. And, and, uh, and, and I just thought, I just had an inkling last night at the pregame, just thinking, look, Geelong, mm-hmm. they, they, they got a lot from the Bulldogs in terms of how physical they brought it to the contest. And I think, oh, how, how, how will they turn up tonight? I, I had a feeling they'd probably be a little bit flat, but I didn't expect them to lose by about nearly 50 points. It should have been 60, 70, to be honest, boys. Oh, it should have been. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I think uh, it sort of looked like a bit like the Lions of old, where they were missing basically every other shot they had at goal. 13 16, I didn't think um, was, <laughs> was particularly impressive um, from them last night, you know, Charlie Cameron, three, three, Eric Hibbert, Lincoln McCarthy, two, two. Um, and it was just a lot of easy opportunities as well, Miller, that they seemed to waste. And like Doc said, if mm. they hadn't wasted them, they would have absolutely demolished the cats. Well, that's perfectly summed up cat. I think that's the biggest thing from the first quarter in particular. Um, in the first 11, half. 11 scoring shots in the first quarter to one. Yeah. Um, they had, should have, and they were, them, should have buried them then and there. Exactly, because they're easy shots. Um, and it was summed up by Charlie Cameron missing one from top of the goal square. I don't think I've ever sort of believed I'd see it. But um, look, <laughs> I think if you watch the press, he'd seen Chris Fagan's face. Happy to beat it, so I'd like Geelong. But I think he was pretty disappointed with some of the, the finishing because this could have been a 100-point drubbing. And then mm. we'd be talking about Brisbane being, well, we are because they're in great form, the team to beat. They should be. Um, they should be considered the team to beat right now, Brisbane. Um, I, I think um, what really impressed me was some of the young boys, you know, I want to talk about real quickly. Darren Robinson, who... Oh, yes. Robinson's know, unreal. A steal in the draft, boys, you know, slipped to 22. We talked about him in our preview and Cat had aspirations of top 10. I also did, and, and Doc was similar to that. So this guy's got real talent. He was really good. 16 touches, four marks, four tackles, and was just... Really good doing the little things. A couple of knock-ons as well. Obviously, Danaher, uh, your mate, Cat, kicked the big bag for. Um, <laughs> he was good, Joe. Also should be put up for an Oscar nomination for that uh, stage <laughs> attempt. What, what, I about- liked, what I liked about Robertson's game, though, Miller, yeah. was, you know, he was obviously drafted as a very inside sort of midfielder. But I think he showed what he could do as a bit more of an outside player mm. um, last night, which uh, is a real positive. Just to add a few more strings to his bow. 
Absolutely. You know, he showed he can run the ground really effectively. And he got yeah. most of his touches behind the ball as well mm. in the defensive half. So he was running up was and working down the back ground. Hard. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I just want to say, I know he didn't have a big game last night, but I thought Jackson Pryor, his mm. last month and a half in particular, has been very, very good, very impressive. He loves to run, loves to carry the footy, and he's very, very clean with his disposal as well. You know, I think the- his work at stoppages, Doc, as well, something that's underrated. I saw him sort of go to um, Guthrie a couple of times and was on Selwood primarily the night, most of the night, and I thought he battled really well against him. Yeah, uh, I think in, yeah, I think you spoke about Robertson as well, pretty uh, uh, brilliantly, Miller. Because I, mm. I do remember we talked about the lead up to oh. the twenty nineteen draft. He was probably one of the top WA prospects, mm. and he and he didn't even get through the first round. Absolutely, he's going to be some player, isn't he? Yeah, you know, everybody. I think everybody talks about the the trades and stuff that the mm. Lions have had come in the free agents, but I think it's also severely underrated how well they they've drafted the past couple of years. They put up this post the other day that was just sort of photos of their 2017 draft class at training. And you just look through Brandon Stasevich, Zach Bailey, Cam Rayner, uh, Jack Payne, and then Connor Ballenden. Like, mm. even Ballenden is still a very, very serviceable depth player. Um, like, that is a full crop of yeah. winners there. And they've had crops of winners for the past three years. It's incredible to see just how well they've done. 110% cat. And whilst we're on sort of that sort of recruiting draft sort mm. of thing, I want to talk about Marcus Adams boys. And, you know, you always know just as well as anybody else, how much I sort of, <laughs> sort of uh, have sour feelings about him, but I thought his game last night was outstanding. Yeah. Play, played majority on Tom Hawkins. Didn't keep, kept him pretty much unsighted until the last quarter and had about five intercept marks as well to go with it. So I think, it's what we've come to expect with this Brisbane team. He had a lot of injury issues at the Bulldogs, and now, mm. now he's actually starting to get some continuity in his game. His body's getting those games into his into his system now. He's he's going to look so much better for it come September. I mean, I hope so. I mean, mm. even when he came to the Dogs, there was a lot of promise about him. He had a he had a ready made body. He he could run all day. Mm. There was a lot. There was just a lot to love about Marcus Adams coming to the Bulldogs. Bit disappointed to see him leave, but it's good to see him now sort of getting that opportunity, getting that continuity in his body. And it's, it's a great thing to say. Well, I talk the, about as well, oh, the cats, okay, the yeah. cats forwards. Um, I think it's safe to say Miller that Jeremy Cameron had his worst game in at the cats so far for the year last night, Harris Andrews just completely blanketed him. Mm. I didn't think he wasn't able to get out loose either and sort of get those higher possessions uh, that he has been doing so well. You know, a lot of his possessions were sort of re- either really deep in the forward line in the sort of pocket, or he had to push really, really high up the ground to get anywhere near the ball. So he couldn't get those inside 50s that he has been doing so well uh, the past few weeks. Yeah, yeah, it's a great point. I think in general, the whole Brisbane defence did a really good job. I thought Stasevich's role all season has been pretty underrated. A lot more people the last sort of month have woken up to what he's been able to do, boys. And his job on Rome was outstanding. And I just think that I'd be pretty worried if I was Chris Scott, because yes, you know, massive win last week, they'd be tired, all that jazz and you're entitled to an off week, but the forward line was, it's not that just the full, the, the three big tools per se weren't doing anything. The smalls weren't lifting either. I thought, mm. um, you know, Dalhouse has been woeful all season. Not sure how he can consistently get a game. John Clark kicks. Dalhouse kicked, is um, getting games over the likes of Quinton Narkel is beyond me. And Jordan Clark and Charlie Constable, who have both dominated the last uh, fortnight doc in the VFL. I I just sort of can't believe that. Also, um, I thought that... Sorry, Miller. I was going to ask ask about Brad Close. Have you Mm. seen his form the last few weeks? I think... 
I think I think at times he's been good. At times he sort of uh, hasn't been anywhere to be found. Yeah, it's a tough one. I think Close has battled well this season. He's been pretty. He's been good since that Sydney game. Um, couple about a month and a bit now. I think he's been okay, but I think like you summed it up, Cat. There's better options. I think mm. Narkle is his upside. I'm not sure how he even gets dropped. And like I said, I can't really believe that Jordan Clark can't get a game. Um, I I think if I was his management, I would be looking elsewhere. But um, because you know Chris Scott hates young players, but I think um, <laughs> yeah, I just think as well that that the guys that stood up was you know Isaac Smith battled well. I thought Parfit showed something. Uh, Tui was good. But guys like Henderson, you know, I thought he butchered the ball a fair bit last mm. night. Yes, he's had a week off. I thought Atkins was pretty ineffective. I'm really not sure about this Atkins down in the back line nonsense. I, 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 I just want to say, I think even though he played a, a monster game last week against us, Tom Stewart had his worst game. Um, yeah. It's, he doesn't have many bad games, does he, Doc? No, he doesn't. I think, and I think we've said it time and time again, Alex Miller, you and I especially, mm. that Tom Stewart is a is a phenomenal player, both oh, yeah. a, a great two way defender. He can fly in for an intercept mark, and he can go out and create something off half back. Um, but do you think he was exposed, Doc, by the Cameron matchup? I, I reckon so. I think it's mm. it's it's the com it's the common theme. You got to you got to play sort of accountable footy, and I think. Mm. Right, we've seen we've seen guys like Dylan Grimes who can play on talls and smalls, make them both really accountable. But Stewart, I think that sort of exposed a bit of a weakness. Well, yeah, I was yeah. thinking Doc of Johannesson. You know, when he was at his peak in you know the 2017 season started after his Norm Smith, they the Swans and there were a couple of other teams in the first couple of rounds that put their best forward on him to make him defend, made him really accountable. And yeah, ab- absolutely, Miller. And I think that that was mid-season as well. Mm. It all started with George yep. Hewitt um, applying physical pressure on, right. on Johannesson and, and forcing him to defend. And that's sort of where that that's all sort of snowballed to where we are now with him. And then but getting so, George it, Hewitt into Doc's uh, shit list as well for yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I must say though, he's actually out of the shit list at the moment because I think he's actually playing some really good footy. He has been when he's not when he's not actually being a shithead. What about the Lions? <laughs> what about the Lions, Doc? I mean, there's positives all around here. I thought Zorko led the way with 24 touches, 10 marks, 12. Jeez, Zorko's tackles. first quarter, especially, oh. he was on fire. Everything he touched was absolute gold. He was fan- he was fantastic, Zorko. I think. Last last couple of weeks, he sort of we sort of I've sort of had questions about his you know, intensity. Mm. He sort of has those little brain phase. We think back particularly to that Melbourne game a couple of weeks ago, and he sort of gave away a couple of very unnecessary free kicks. And it's good to see him actually back. And we, this is the Dane Zorko that we need to see yeah. every week. We need to right. see him knuckling down, playing footy, not being a dickhead. Uh, <laughs> Another guy I think who was absolutely outstanding last night it sort of reminded Chris Scott why he does need to play a genuine Ruckman there we uh, go. sometimes <laughs> the big O uh, I thought his work rate around the green yeah. I thought was yep. some of the best I've seen him do he dominated the hitouts, made Blitzars look like an absolute idiot um, he was ta- he was taking he was taking marks all over the ground got back behind you know we know what he can do up forward the big O but he got behind the footy really well I thought so many times I saw him on the last line of defense and he'd just take a big contested grab basically over everyone. He had a couple of contested marks for the game, um, which was really good to see from the big very, man. Very pr- prime uh, big boy McAvoy game from Oscar. He had the mm. nine clearances as well, cap with the 35 hitters. Yeah, but imposing himself in the middle. Absolutely. I think that's a, a great point, though, genuine Ruckman, because radically uh, the bloody commentators are banging on about him only being able to play spurts. And I've rated Reece Stanley for the last two years, and I think he's playing some really good footy and sort of can't believe that 
he can't get in the side. He was a laid out boys, obviously against Richmond, which and he hasn't played since. So mm. look, I would um and how can Mark Blitz us being all showing backman if he never fucking plays down there? Sorry for <laughs> new language, but I'm sort of just <laughs> just over all that, you know, that rubbish mm. because um yeah, he's crap. So I think um look, <laughs> I think Brisbane would be pleased. But like I said, I've never seen Chris Scott uh, no, not Chris Scott. What's his name? The Brisbane fellow, Chris Vagan. Um, look as disappointed as he could after a 44-point loss because I think they could have buried them. But win's a win, and they'll take it. Win is a win. We'll have a look back quickly, boys, at the uh, the last week's round. We'll do. We'll give out uh, uh, <laughs> who's the man, of course, as we always do. Um, I'll start with you, Doc. I don't know who you ended up deciding, so this is a bit of a surprise package here. Um, give us your thoughts. Who's the man from last week? Oh. Well, I don't want to go back to this game, but it feels like it's worth mentioning. Um, so we, uh, we did talk about him just before. Played his worst game last night, but I thought the week before was, I think, Tom Stewart's best game ever. Um, Good call. He, he, he was just immense. He was it was literally the one-man brick wall in defense for the Cats. And it doesn't matter what we seem to try to do. We could put Anthony Scott on him for as long as we'd like, but he'd always seem to find a way to um, – take those intercept marks and I thought he was just uh, simply brilliant. I'm trying to get his stats up here, but I can't seem to do it. Um, 27 disposals, 13 marks. Um, I thought 10 intercept marks, which I think has him equal now, isn't it? It's equal, yeah. equal league wow. record. Yeah. Um, he, he was, he was phenomenal guys. He, he just sort of just did everything. 15 intercepts in, mm. in total and six score involvements as well. So he sort of, he is, he is. He was doing what we said he was doing a little bit earlier. Is crea- he's both creating and cause and mm. and yep. stopping the opposition from scoring. And look, we can talk about Gary Rowan. I won't, but um, <laughs> I, I think uh, join the club, Doc. I think Tom Stewart uh, thoroughly deserved man from round fourteen. The man. Who have you got, Miller? Uh, I'm going to the Gold Coast Port. Uh, snooze fest that I watched the whole thing of, uh, but it was a very interesting game. I don't know how you did that. <laughs> had nothing better to do on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah, though. had a couple of cold ones to sort of get me through it. But um, look, it was I, I was I was um, tucking into a bit of tucking into a bit of food over at uh, you know Box Hill, getting into a bit of the Malaysian cuisine instead oh, of watching nice. this game. Because, um, I, uh, yeah. I would much rather <laughs> much rather have a feast than. Watch this boring, boring mess. Well, it was lined up for a super Saturday sort of contest and we'd watched the basketball in the morning, which was Philadelphia and Hawks game six and started consuming some beverages at about 9.30, which uh, <laughs> not the wisest investment decision ever, but we move on. Um, I'm going to go to the square head, Ollie Wise. What a season this man's having. One of the most consistent the midfielders in the AFL this season. Averaging 32 touches, but in this game, 43. Just a quiet, lazy 43. Eight marks, six tackles, five clearances. 700 metres gained is one of the most impressive things for my mind. Six inside 50, six score involvements, five intercept possessions, 26 of the uh, touches, uncontested, 16 contested. Um, he's having a great season. I think him, Bont, Petrarca and McRae would all be battling it out for the Brownlow favourites right now. So, look, it's been... Great stuff and makes Stewie do a bit unhappy. Clayton Oliver has also entered the chat. Yes, yeah, well, he's definitely in the chat. Yeah, he can exit the chat pretty soon. <laughs> Who have you got, Cat? for your, uh, your, your uh, who's the man? Look, I don't like to do the Don's players too much. I don't like to, you know, don't want to be accused of bias oh, towards my go. own Here we go. <laughs> Uh, I think you boys all know where this is going. There was one performance yeah. last week that was just too good to look past, and that is the package. Yes. Jake Stringer. Basically won this game for the Dons off his own boot. Probably the best performance I've seen from him since he came to the club. Is his 20... best game ever, though, would you say? I don't know, ever. I think 
In I'd his all Australian year, he definitely had games very similar to this. Oh. I, I'd say it's, I'd say it comes close. I think it definitely comes, it's his best game for the Bombers. No best doubt, game the, best game for the Bombers. I think I, yep. the only game I can sort of think of the top of my head was was in that all Australian year. We were playing Adelaide and he kicked six goals in about three quarters. Oh on, yes, on, on yeah. Carl Harding, and then he was subbed out. Uh, <laughs> um, Hit the road, Kyle. That that's literally the only game I can think of that sort of rivals that game. But yeah, he was absolutely electric. When he was in the middle, he really imposed himself, I thought, on the game. When he was in the forward line, he was doing those freakish things that we know he can do. Um, kick those four goals, seven tackles as well. He was really laying that pressure. 18 contested possessions, five intercept possessions as well. He was getting all sort of around the ground. Jakey, 12 score involvements and three marks for that game too, plus six, the six clearances and 10 is I've got a question for you, Catalan. I'm pretty sure you've heard the question a fair bit uh, yes, over, over the course of the week. <laughs> There's so much talk about Jake Stringer being the next Dustin Martin over one game. <laughs> and I went on Twitter to have a rant about it and actually got a lot of good following on that too. So, um, what, You're very what, popular on the socials, mate. Well, no, I, I, don't, I don't think so, mate. You're, you're <laughs> sort of trying to pump up my tyres a little bit more now. Um, I, I just want to know what you thought about the, this whole sort of outlandish fucking comparison. No, <laughs> I, I think I saw people as well going on about, you know, can mm. Jake Stringer be a top 10 player in the game as well? I think a fit and healthy Jake Stringer can sort of put himself around that, you know, that top 20 player mark. If he plays a full year, full fitness, playing some of his best footy, um, you know, if anyone does that sort of game every week, of course you're going to say they're one of the best players in the comp. But mm. Stringer hasn't done that every week or even close to every week for a number of years now. If he puts in a few more performances like that this year, I would see, I can see the argument for, yeah, top 25, top 20. But to try and compare him to Dusty, it's obviously a very similar sort of mold. I think he can be that player that does balance time between being inside in the middle and then being in the forward line as well. But Comparisons just too quick. Just let well, just yeah. let him get some form in first. Yeah, I just I, I, I was going to quickly go. ask as well before we get to the tips, Cat. Do you think his tanks improved because he, he looks like he's yeah. staying in the midfield a bit longer, which has been positive. Oh, absolutely. It's always going to be a struggle for him when, especially he has so many soft tissue injuries to get mm. he's going to get his tank back up because he obviously can't run as much when he's recovering from a hammy or a calf or something like that. Um, but he looks as fit as he's ever been at the moment, yeah, okay. and I think you can notice it for sure. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's one hundred and ten percent spot on. I think, um, yeah. Look, I, I've never once denied how good his talent is. I just sort of always worried about his consistency, particularly in the premiership year as well. He he got mm. dropped late in the year, and then he sort of had he he had that moment in the grand final, and sort of never really recovered in the, at, at the Dogs. He sort of had one game the following year, and then got traded, mm. uh, and then sort of had those injury issues all throughout his time at Essendon sort of hasn't been able to put it together, but it's, um, I, I think when he's, when he's on and you said it best cat, when he, when he's fully fit, he's, mm. he's an exciting player to watch. He's very good at it. He's very good at bursting himself out of the stoppages uh, up forward. He's a very hard matchup to, to play on. He just sort of, I, I've just always sort of had that question about his hunger towards the ball and his consistency to string these good games together. He, he he played a he was easily the best game against Essendon uh, last week. I'm now itching to see whether or not he can back it up this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Especially in such a crucial game against obviously the best team in the comp at the moment, or top of the ladder at the very least. Um, so those the Collingwood. Um, <laughs> before before we get to the tips and stuff, yeah, boys, uh, just a bit of news coming out from this week uh, in terms of AFLW news. Doc obviously Peter Searle stepping away. 
from yeah, St. Kilda, leaving the coaching job vacant there. She's been linked to the Cats, which I think would be an absolutely great move for them. Could really get the ball rolling with the sort Ooh. of recruits they've gotten in the offseason. And yeah. now a, a coach who we know is real quality. Um, but I do wonder who you think, Doc, would be the front runners for the Saints oh. job. Because to me, the one name that I'm always going to throw up, and I don't know how he's not in the senior coaching gig, is Scotty Gowans. Yeah, uh, well, that's interesting. It dep- I, I think Scotty Gowans looks pretty happy at um at Collingwood at the moment. You look at it, you look at where they're tracking. Yeah. Mm. Well, the room, the rumors I heard was that he was very, very close to the Suns' job as well. So I think he's up for senior coaching still. I, I, I think I heard a name uh, last night that I think you might be familiar with. The Box Hill, the Box, a former Box Hill coach, Paddy Hill. Paddy Hill. Ooh. Yeah, he's got, obviously, they've got a lot of Hawks. Interesting. A lot of former Hawks and things at the Saints. Um, he'd be very familiar with a few of the players there. I, I don't I, mind that. Yeah, I, I reckon that's not a bad That's not a bad option, considering the amount of success that he's had yeah. with the Hawks over the journey. He's been always very highly spoken of uh, when I hear people talk about him, Paddy. So, could be one in there. Very, do, you, very good one. do you reckon Searle's going to the Cats, Cat, Miller? <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think they could they could do a lot worse with coaches. I was going to say, yeah, I think with the options out there, I think yeah. it'd be a really good get if you could if you can uh, secure that position. So definitely, I'll, I would go hard. I also think it would be a real shame for the only current uh, female AFLW coach to exit and then just be replaced uh, by you know I want to see I want to see more female coaches getting back to the top level. Yeah, hopefully you know, we can. It's, it's a shame that Beck Goddard's not at AFLW level anymore. Mm. She'll she'll be coaching the Hawks once they once they come into the league. No mark, doubt. Mark my she'll, words, Kat. Yeah, she'll she'll be back for sure. But she'll yeah, be back. I, I'd like to see Peter stay in it, um, even just for what it represents. I guess in the competition. Mm-hmm. I I think the more I think about it, the more I, I can't under, unless it's sort of incentive based with Peter Sell. I don't understand why she's leaving St Kilda to go to Geelong, who have been. No. If we take the, I think they've argued, they've easily been the worst Victorian side this year. Gold Coast mm. been the worst side overall, mm. but I think in terms of what Geelong needed, she's she's perfect. She needs yeah, yeah. they need they need somebody that can sort of help develop their skill set a bit. They're, they're still overly young, and I think they're now sort of they're sort of going there that that sort of direction that they're sort of solely based on youth. Mm. I think as well from what I've heard about Peter, sort of internally, is that she's a coach who's not a, not afraid to be a bit hard at mm. times and isn't afraid to you know throw a few sprays around to players that might need them I, that I, might be necessary at the cats now i think so i think i think in games this in i've i think a couple of post-game presses this year it's it just seemed like paul hood wasn't oh look i'm, I'm, not, I'm not doubting his coaching ability by any means but it just sounded like he was quite conservative with, with his approach to the game mm. and i think you look at where the cats are at in comparison to richmond Miller. Mm. That, Richmond had a much better year this year. Yeah, yeah. I think stable coaching and the right person for the right group, like you said, sometimes maybe those John players need a bit of a, a bit of a serve. So, well, yeah, I think um, if they can secure her, that'd be huge for the club. Mm. In terms yeah. of other news, boys, um, fixturing for next week, obviously the Swans and the Eagles were supposed to be playing in Sydney, but due to their ongoing COVID situation, the game is looking all but confirmed to be played at GMHBA Stadium. Mm. Um, <laughs> Good luck getting anybody to watch that one. <laughs> it's going to be a very interesting sort of crowd. I know the AFL and Channel Seven are still sort of in discussions about uh, what games are going to be played when. Mm. I know a few teams obviously want to be sort of pushing for the for the night slots. I know Geelong and Essendon really want one of those prime time slots. Um, 
it's looking like maybe the Suns and the Tigers on a Thursday or something like that. Why, yeah. would, why would you play put the Gold Coast on a Thursday night? <laughs> I think it might it might be the other option is Collingwood and St Kilda, I believe. Yeah, but even then, I mean, I think um, look, it's interesting you mentioned the the fixture and cap because I think a lot of teams will be looking for more revenueable games if that makes sense for prime time slots because mm. as we know more than ever, finances are a bit of a fast at the moment with the Suns and with all teams as we've talked about um, well lots of people have talked about during the week and um, mm. relocation and all that stuff but um, I know well, as yeah. well that the Hawks and Port are also really pushing for a prime time slot for Silk's 400th uh, yeah, that, game. That, he deserved that I suppose um, yeah, look, yeah, look, <laughs> uh, as much as Silk has been a long time servant of the game I think it, he's limping towards 400 there is, no, <laughs> there is not a chance he gets to 400 and then gets dropped He'll be. I think he'll be playing every other week after <laughs> after his four hundredth. That's for sure. No, um, I, I, I've got a bit of a barrel to unleash, boys. Quickly before we get to the tips. Oh, here, we, oh, here um, we go. Here we go. This is this is off script, then. But um, look, I'm a bit sick of, of forwards and people in general missing goals from inside thirty to forty minutes, <laughs> particularly forwards. <laughs> oh, I he's think, not happy. Um, if you're okay. a if you're a forward, you're training during the week. Doing what? Do you reckon, boys? Marking, running, leading, and doing what? Bloody goal kicking. You're kicking goals. Right, so if you're practicing that, you're taking 100 shots for goal, and you're nailing 98 of them, and you come game day, and you do, you know, Jace Castagna six behinds. I mean, <laughs> that's the issue I've got. I was last night the kicking was dreadful. I want to see, I want to see goals. I want to see people kicking goals. They're talking about, you know, this man on the mark rule. Yeah, but also if you kick it through the big sticks, usually results in higher scoring games. So, um, and also speaking of things that will change next year. I'm sure you boys are aware of now when you give away a free kick, players seem to toss the ball up in the air back to uh, their players. Oh, yes. I think that will be the next thing to go next year. I think there'll be you'll directly have to give it back because any air time gives chance for defenders to get back. So, Steve Hocking, if you're listening, I'm sure you're already nattering away at changing tackling and all that good stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, look, I was just wanting to get stuck in there because I'm sort of pissed off. It's not good enough. You're forward. Go. Kick goals. It goes. Well, there you go. Elton has put out a warning to the entire forward cohort of the competition. If you're not kicking goals, you're dropped. Uh, <laughs> you're I, done. I, I, I... I, I'll, I'll tell you this, Alex Miller. If, if that rule comes into play next year, you better get some money for that. Because I'll um, tell you, yeah, well, that'd be get nice. some royalties. <laughs> get, um, <yeah>. I've, <laughs> I've got the tips here, gentlemen. So last week, um, oh, I got dear. five. What What did you guys know last week? I also got five out of five. So I mean, the only perfect week I'm getting all season. Cat, look, <laughs> I don't want to admit some of the things that I tipped. You tipped Carlton. Uh, you did, tipped I tip, Carlton. did I tip Carlton? Yes, you Carlton. I did. You tipped Carlton. So, yes, unfortunately, Mr. Cat only ended up on the four for the week. So, Cat is on 73. Doc has now overtaken him on 74. And Miller is three ahead on 77. So, back to where I belong on the bottom of the ladder. <laughs> who, who did we tip last night? Uh, I tipped uh, Geelong. I tipped the Cats as well. Should have with that one. Alex Doherty has tipped Brisbane because he's a hero and he's a yep. genius. Yep. You no, would have no, thought, no. you know, Miller, I know you always go on about the Gabba being a fortress, uh, but you, 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 didn't, you didn't stick up he, your boys. He, 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 went, he went against his word. <laughs> I'm going against what's left of me brain cells. But this game uh, will be an easy <laughs> one to tip. we got tonight a good game. I won't be watching it, boys, because I'm going to the NBL live. So Ooh, going game a, three. Yeah, I'm one of the 5,000 chumps or should be in the crowd. But 
Richmond v St Kilda at the uh, MCG. Prestia is in. Uh, we have very news. happy with that in there. Oh, Nates have got a few good ins too. Big Barge Marshall, yes. Severos, Tim Membry all coming in this good, week as well. Also, also good to see your good pal Samson Ryan get a game. Uh, yeah. Alex Miller. Uh, yeah, uh, for, the, for, sure. the, for those for those that were um, hanging around during draft night last year, Alex Miller <laughs> chucked a big hissy fit over the Tigers <laughs> picking Samson Ryan. Absolutely teed yeah. off. Yeah, yeah, I he's, think been, it's he's been good up forward in the VFL, mate. He I don't has, know how much you've seen of him, but yeah. No, I have heard he's been in a bit of touch. But I think it's interesting, boys. We'll be going with Chole, uh, Callum Common Jones, and Samson. Jesus, uh, very, and very tall. So very tall, very tall so, yeah. sort of setup. Mind you, I think they're going to try and stretch the, the small Saints defence um, because he, obviously they've got Dougal and Wilkie, and Tommy Highmore is going to have to play probably undersized on um, somebody. On maybe mm. uh, Callum Coleman Jones, so it would be an interesting game. But I'm going the Tigers, and I think we'll hope. Yeah, I'll definitely be back in the Tigers for this <laughs> one. I'm hoping for a very strong Coops meltdown after this game. <laughs> oh, you and me both, pal. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, I, I can't see St Kilda losing this game. Uh, just one player I've got to oh, mention. Do you reckon the Saints are going to win? Do you? No, I reckon the Tigers are going to win. No, you said you couldn't see the Saints losing this game. No, so I can't say this. <laughs> I, I, I can't see the Saints winning this game. Oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, I just got to ask, what what the hell's wrong? What the hell's happened with Nick Caulfield? He was he, yeah. he was he was a, a surefire best twenty two player last year, and all Australian he, almost doc. Oh, almost. He he was that good. He he mm. could have been sort of considered, but now he just can't get a game. He he looks he looks shot of all confidence. I think it's like we said a few weeks ago. Rats sort of dropping and bringing back in the same guys every other week doesn't seem yeah. to be doing anyone much favors. Really happy to see as well, Miller, Matty Parker already named in the emergencies. Good yeah. to see that he's obviously already made an impression on the group just a couple of weeks in. Yeah, I'm not sure if you saw his stats kept from the VFL last week, but had 20 touches a goal and 10 tackles. So, look, I actually, like I said, I think Parker's definitely got some talent still. Um, and we seem to love the mature age, you know, lovely story pickups. And uh, I think there's one thing I do like about him. He's a hard worker. So uh, there's no doubt I think he'll be smashing trainings out and doing his best to get in. But this game, boys, is a tough one to tip. we got Collingwood and bloody Fremantle. Yeah, uh, I think I'm, I'm backing the Pies in for this one. Frio don't like Marvel all too much. They probably played their worst game of the year uh, or close to against us there. They just looked really flat. Um, I think I'm going to back the Pies in. Five players omitted here. Brett Bewley, the prisoner of war. Joel Weston, <laughs> Mitch Croden, Reese Conker and Talon Juman. All out. Mm-hmm. But good they ins, do- though. Fife, it- Wilson, Tabiner, Griffin yes. Logan, Switters. Sweaters. Those are all good. Those are all good intercept for Nathan Wilson. He can keep he can keep punching testicles uh, all, <laughs> all, all night long. Mason Cox back in for his first game in about two months. Well, I was gonna ask both you in particular, boys. Seems Rob Harvey's gone with Cox after you know Buckley hadn't played him for majority of the season. So, Maybe he's um, out of favor with Bucks. Yeah, very interesting, I think, to look at that. And obviously Grundy's a huge and then Taylor Adams, who's one of my favorite pie players. I think Moore's gonna be a big blow though, boys. Um, now, 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 hang on here. I'm, I'm reading the team. Yes. We talked about Max Lynch a couple of weeks ago uh, having a good game. Yes, he got dropped. But he got dropped. Yes, well, the, yeah, tip, the chips were that. a takeaway order, Kat. And, and <laughs> so, uh, look, Grundy has taken the order. And yeah, Al- oh, Alex Miller said he was up to medium chips. And I believe the term was medium chips with chicken salt. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> someone's picked up that order and he... And, Taking it to the VFL. So Robert, Robert Harvey has taken it away and uh, he's given it to his kids. My real concern, boys, is with Morat that Mark Keane hasn't come in here and they've decided to mm. go with probably the worst key defender in the AFL, Jack Madgen. So I'm not sure. Yeah, I really liked on. what Keane was doing. 
when he was yeah, yeah I don't know the price he was dropping. Who are we all tipping? We're all going the pies. Are we? I'm back in the pies. Yeah. Oh, I'm actually asking him to pick Freo now. Um, because <laughs> I th- I think Freo at, at Marvel Stadium are absolutely dreadful. Um, <laughs> but I think oh, no, I'll stick with the pies. Uh, okay. More more's a big out. Dugowie, I think, is a big out too because mm. he played he played well against mm. Melbourne too. Not sure how he got a week for that, by the way. Yeah, I don't know either. Don't know either. Michael Christian's playing dartboards with the uh, <laughs> with the suspensions again. Yeah. We'll go through the rest of the uh, the tips a bit quicker because I can see the time running down there. North and the Suns in Tassie. Uh, I'm backing North in to win this one. I think. Yeah, Tim Cahill's out. So <laughs> Tim Cahill's out. Oh, I was looking at the wrong game. No, yeah, right. I was looking at uh, Essendon. North yeah, and the Suns. No. Uh, Will Phillips would be good in. I think uh, Bradley Scott out. But yeah, I think at uh, Tassie, you want to go North. Yeah, I think North, North Melbourne and Tassie have been pretty good the last couple of weeks. Mm. Should have beaten the Giants. I uh, thought they were okay against Brisbane, although I didn't think Brisbane really didn't get out of second gear. Mm. Um, I, I, I do like the Roos. Gold Coast are just cooked at the moment. They just cannot get anything going. I can't see them winning another game this year, boys. <laughs> I'm calling it right now. There it is, Cap. I'm calling it there right There it is. The Saturday Arvo game, Port and Sydney at Adelaide Oval. Fifth versus six. Really, really excited to see how this one goes down. We know how Port have been sort of against Ooh. sides that have been really testing them. So it'll be curious to see if they can actually get a decent win against quality opposition in this one. Errol Goulden's back in, which is great for them. Oh, Errol. Not, not his stupid haircut, though. God, it's <laughs> absolutely putrid. I don't, I don't like the haircut. Oh, Dylan shocking. Williams as well, boys, making his debut for Port. Great, great pit, uh, little player there. Uh, he's been on the list for a while now, I think. So uh, been on there a couple of years now. Yeah, uh, I, I saw I saw the um the debut video uh, during the week, and they sort of they, they sort of like him as the next Robbie Gray. There you go with Robbie. Yeah, you'll have some shoes to fill. It's going to be an interesting game this because if the Swans want to prove themselves, boys, as a top uh, eight contender, which they're sitting in there nicely, I think uh, it's going to be a great game. We'd be Port by by a goal. Jeez. Yeah, I'm going to go Port as well. I think I'm going to go the Swans, boys. I, I'm I'm not confident on Port. They sound not confident. I I just think I just think that they've got that flat track bully tag with them now. Um, mm, Swans have, Swans also have the week off, so I think that might actually help them a bit. Mm. Now this will be a good game, Cat. Your mob taking on Melbourne at the G. A lovely time, Saturday night, seven twenty-five, five minutes before dessert at seven thirty. <laughs> so I think uh, look. Five minutes before the garden finishes. <laughs> um, Viney and uh, in for Melbourne and Waterman respectively. I'm gonna go. I'm, gonna go I'm very Dons. surprised. I'm very surprised. Sam Waterman getting. Oh, did you say going to Dons? I'm going to Dons here. Oh, oh no. Okay, no, you can't get away with that. Two weeks and okay. Days. Well, yeah, I got away with it. I was abused last week for tipping the pies and they won. So you, you, you got away with that one. You can't get away <laughs> with this one. Yeah, get a dog up here. <laughs> I do um I do think with just Tom McDonald sort of being the centerpiece of the forward line, I think that's good for us. Um you know, I know I've seen what Bailey Fritch can do this year, I've seen what Cosy Pickett has done this year, mm. but I would have been less confident if Ben Brown came in for Wiedemann. Um and I think Goodwin is sort of shooting himself in the foot by not naming him in this side because that forward line would have absolutely dominated our back line if he was. Yeah. yeah. Um, hey, boys. I'm going to tip the Ds, but I think we'll run them very, very close. And if we upset them, I would not be surprised. Come on, the Dons. Um, I'm going to back Melbourne. Uh, All right. The Giants <laughs> playing a home game on Sunday against Hawthorne at the MCG, apparently. Uh, um, I'm going to back the Giants in for this one. The Hawks have been shocking, to say the least. <laughs> Aside from the win against the Swans, which I thought was good. Um, 
That's Giants. Yeah, yeah I'll go the Giants. Good to see uh, Devin Granger Barras. Uh, yes, Denver's in. Tom's unrelated brother, Barras, from uh, <laughs> got a hyphen in there. West uh, Coast. Yeah, look, I, I think Giants for mine. Uh, also good to see Shane Mumford back in the team for GWS. Uh, actually, no, wait. It's not great to see him back in the team for GWS. <laughs> that, mean, that means they're going to ship off Briggsy again. Yeah. Um, also, Brent Daniels, very good to see back in. Yeah, good in. Very good in. Uh, I'm not confident, but I'll back the Giants in. Yeah. This is going to be the game of the round, boys. The Eagles take uh, no. the dogs. No, it's not. <laughs> on a Sunday. What do you mean, mate? The last time you played, it was the game of the round. Yeah, off. Oh. And it was, a, it was a cracker. Against West Coast over there, they've got they've got a lot of good names back in. Shepard, Kevin, Shuey, Kelly, uh, Nathan Vardy, uh, lesser names. You said good names, didn't you, Doc? Yeah, I did. Why'd you, why'd you mention Nathan Vardy then? Well, uh, <laughs> well I, I didn't say Jack Petricelli. Oh, no, Luke Foley stiff to, stiff to be dropped. Well, he talked about him last week, yeah. playing pretty well. A bit stiff. And Harry Edwards, I thought, been battling. And then uh, Garcia, Shaki, and Ed named in the extended squad. Look, I think... Um, it's going to be tough. Very tough game. We, we, we will get bent over backwards oh. by the umpires in this game. Oh, come on. Yeah, probably. It'll be 22 on 25 and we'll lose by about 10 goals. I'm going to go West Coast. but it'll be I'm going the Eagles. I know the dogs have struggled over in Perth in recent years, so I'll go the Eagles. If, if, if Freo didn't lose those three players in 90 seconds, we would have lost that one too. Uh, yeah, West Coast comfortably for mine. Oh, Final game of the round. Blues take on Crom. I said it last week. The Blues have burned me now. So I'm not tipping them <laughs> Mate, they the burned rest. me in round two. I reckon you should. <laughs> I'm not tipping them again for the rest of the year, Carlton. I'm back in the Crom. Yeah, Crom. Good, good to see uh, Jack, uh, Josh Worrell's uh, ugly mullet dropped. Um, <laughs> also, Carlton without Mark Pitnett for the next little while. And Zach Fisher's mm. out too. Um, mm. Good to see Luke Parks drop because he did fucking nothing last week. <laughs> Um, nah, crows, crows can't lose this one, can they? No, they can't. Nah, sure can't, not. can't all, right, all right, boys, we're running out of time, so we're gonna wrap this up now. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the A3 Footy Podcast. Make sure you follow us on all our socials at A3 Footy on Twitter, A3 Footy Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Of course, there's an email as well, A3 Footy at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you on there. We've had some great suggestions in the past for things to talk Ooh. about. Um, and if you shoot us an email and give us an interesting topic, of course, we'll hit it up at the start of the episode because we just love to hear back from the fans. It's always lovely. We love the footy. We love the footy. And we, <laughs> we love, love the footy and too. we love the fans. Um, <laughs> so with um, all that unless, said, unless you're back for West Coast. <laughs> no, we still, we're still in no, no, the Eagles for No, no, too. no, no. We, we, we love you, even though if you uh, try to pile drive me for <laughs> speaking the truth. With all that said, and looking forward to a fantastic weekend of footy, I've been Alex Catalano. I've been Alex Miller. And I've been Alex Doherty. Make sure you join us next week, of course, for the uh, we'll have the review of the round, assuming <laughs> assuming a certain member doesn't sleep in again this week. And uh, of course, <laughs> always, always a, be talking footy. A Catalano <laughs> <in> bed. <laughs> Thanks for listening.